This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, draft nerds? Your boys are back back for episode two rucker we didn't get canceled not yet we're back the no ceilings crew is letting us uh keep on with this little charade that we've got going on so we're excited to be here the first episode was a lot of fun we got new topics and we have a very special interview at the end of the show so you know what rucker let's just get it going Shaden sharp has officially declared for the nba draft he has been a mystery man of sorts he started popping up on all of the mainstream boards and mocks a few months ago because we didn't really know what was going on with him eventually no ceilings we caved we started putting in him in mocks and and boards as well and it's official he has declared for the nba draft so do you think that Shaden sharp should go in the top five of the nba draft you know, I'm going to be the, the the outlier here. I don't think so. I, mm. I think he's going to go right outside the top five. Now, look, it's nothing against Shaden Sharp. I think he's got a special set of tools. The offensive upside is freakish. It's legit. You could see that he could be a potential star. Um, he could be a, a, one of these lethal wings with offensive firepower to, to really put up some big numbers at the next level. But this is a guy that's going to come basically straight from high school. Now, I know he's been playing in Kentucky with practicing, if you want to say it that way. But he's going to be a project. This is going to be a guy that really needs a long road of development. He's going to have to work on his craft, especially the defensive side of the ball. But there's no doubt that the tools are there. I think the top five is going to be a little rich. You know, we have the top three guys. We got Jaden Ivey in the mix. I could see him going past the top five. So I'm going to say no. Interesting. Interesting. I kind of think he should go in the top five watching him. There is a smoothness and just it's so effortless in the way that he plays the level of shot maker that he is. It's one of those things that, yeah, I think he might struggle initially with the nuance of the game and it might be a process, but man, the natural stuff you just can't teach. Now I do want to, you know, say Jaden Hardy, Peyton Watson, these are guys who are highly ranked guys coming into the year and they failed in college to live up to that hype, right? That some of their um, negatives started showing a little bit more when they started playing higher competition. We might have that at first with Shaden Sharp, but the bounce, the, the length, the verticality he gets in the air, the smoothness, the body control, and the shot making off the bounce are things that are just so far advanced. And I think that this is a weird guard class, you know, and, and, there are questions with Jaden Ivey too. There are questions with some of the bigs. And I look at him and I say, why not him going in the top five? There, he's as big a, as a risk as any of the other guys. I don't know if there is a lock in the, the top five to begin with. So why not take the bucket getter? And we've seen in the playoffs, you need some buckets in these games. I think Sharp can provide that. 
All right, so we just talked about how there aren't that many big-time guards at the top of this draft. Well, there aren't really many big-time point guards maybe in this draft period, certainly in the lottery, maybe even in the first round. But the two consensus point guards that I think everybody feels confident in are Ty Ty Washington, who I know the Knicks fans love out there, and Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee. So, uh, Rucker, who the hell is the draft's top point guard? I'm going to shake things up a little bit. I'm going with Kennedy Chandler. Now, oh. women out there, they all say size doesn't matter. Well, guess what? I'm tired of hearing about his size. Size doesn't matter in the NBA. It's the I'm motion going, of the ocean. Yeah, I'm the motion of the ocean. I'm going to war for Kennedy Chandler. Now, look, undersized point guard. He's around six foot. We'll see at the combine. But Chandler just knows how to play. This guy is a sports car in the open floor. He's shifty. He knows how to play with change of gears. He knows how to get to his spot. The outside shots developing. Oh, also, everyone's going to say he's small. The dude defends. He is a pest on the defensive side of the ball. 6'5 wingspan. Yes, and I've loved everything I've seen from Chandler. I'm tired of hearing everyone thinking that these point guards got to be 6'5, 6'6. We need to go to war for the little guy. So I'm going to war for Kennedy Chandler. Just like women says, it's not the size that matters. And Kennedy Taylor is going to be a steal in this draft. Look, my heart wants to believe you, but my head is telling me something different. (laughs) I'm scarred. I have a little bit of PTSD because last year I was a big Sharif Cooper guy. And I sat in Brooklyn on draft night last July and just kept looking at the board. And his name wasn't getting called. He didn't get called until the end of the second round, basically how many six foot point guards or sub six foot, because I think he's going to measure in below six foot. And now I mentioned the wingspan. I think that helps his case, but the fact of the matter is how many sub six foot point guards are in the NBA? You know, I, I it's not a matter of, do I buy his talent? I do. It's the size with Ty Ty. I don't have to worry about that. All right. He's got a lethal pull up. Um, I think the three-point shooting is going to be underutilized because the volume wasn't there. It's just a thing that we see with Kentucky guards. And then on top of it, beautiful floater. He doesn't put as much pressure on the rim as you want. But when he was given the keys to run the offense, 17 assists his first game. I think he has stuff in his bag that we're not seeing at Kentucky and that he's going to show at the NBA level. And he's got the size of the NBA's point guard. It's not the size, it's how you use it, Corey. I'm going to tell you that till draft day. All right. As we roll on in this draft process, more and more guys who we thought were going to stay in the draft are, in fact, staying in college and not pursuing the draft this year for a myriad of reasons. Guys like Caleb Love from UNC after a big tournament run, Hami Hakez Jr. from UCLA, Mike Miles from TCU. Is this the right decision for them? Yeah, I believe it is. I think all of those guys can improve their draft stock. Now, Jaime Jaquez was looking like a guy that could have maybe snuck into the end of the first round. I think going back to UCLA, he's going to have a more of a you know go-to option. He's going to be the guy. They're going to lean on him a little bit with you know Amari Bailey. That's going to be a tough squad. Mike Miles, probably going to be the underrated one that we need to pay more attention to in this group, this trio of guys we just mentioned. I think TCU guards... Super competitive, grindy, just a gritty. Yeah, Mike Miles can absolutely play. So I'm going to be very excited to watch him. I think he'll explode up draft boards with another solid year. And Caleb Love, you know, he was up and down all year. I think the the end of the year, he really started to make some progress throughout the season in March Madness. Started to kind of trend as maybe a second-round pick. But, you know, 
North Carolina is going to be in the running again. I think all these guys, another year could only help them out and only boost their stock moving forward. See, I'm a little bit iffy on Hami Hakez Jr.'s draft stock ever getting to a point where it would have been this year. I don't necessarily know if it'll be worse with another year in college. And like you said, UCLA, they're going to have another run in them, more top recruits, the whole thing. But I do think with the NIL money, maybe that's one of the things that are keeping these guys there. Now, I think with Caleb and Mike Miles, I see the the reasoning as to why they would go back, especially Mike Miles, because he didn't have the prolonged tournament to show what kind of a bucket getter he is. And I freaking love that kid. Had him borderline at the end of the first round into the early second on my personal board. Caleb Love, if he doesn't improve his percentages, which he's struggled with the last two years, I'd be hard-pressed to think that he's going to have the same kind of run in him in the tournament that's going to get his stock back to where maybe it was. I think people could have talked themselves, shout out Draft Film School, into thinking this could be this year's Jordan Poole as a tough shot maker who just needs to be put in the right system. So I'm a little weary of Caleb Love. I get Mike Miles. Um, it's a little bit similar, but I think with Caleb's run, I think maybe he should have stayed in. This is one of my favorite segments that we do every week. We're talking about our personal stock riser of the week. Who have you been just feeling on film recently? I'm telling you right now, we need to start buying into Jordan Hall of St. Joseph's. Now, this is my guy. I love everything I've seen of him on tape, the playmaking, the size. He's 6'8", young. He can just do a lot of special things on the court. I think he's a really intelligent player, kind of one of these... He can get his bucket, but he also has playmaking and understanding of how to set his team up. I think this could be a steal in this draft class. I think if Hall went to the right place, had this specific like contri- contribution with his next organization, I think this could be a steal. I think this could be really good value. I, I kind of throw him in the Sean Livingston mold of a guy big that wings. really yeah, big wings that can handle, um, knows where to get to his spots and takes really intelligent shots. Now, people are going to look at the percentages, but I think it was just him carrying the load. I think Jordan Hall could be a steal in this class. I like Jordan Hall. I think that's a good call. I think he's a guy that when teams get him into workouts, maybe they start seeing in interviews and the shot comes along. He could be a riser in this class. I'm going to go with Wake Forest, Jake LaRavia. He's a guy that I had the opportunity to watch work out over the last couple of days, and he really impressed me. Now, this is a guy who impressed me on his film, too. So just what I got to see in person was really just backing it up, his work ethic, how smooth the shot was, his sneaky athleticism, which is something that we talked about. But this is a kid that, I mean, he just makes the right decisions. He reminds me a little bit of, like, baby Franz Wagner, right? Ooh, He's a, one okay. of these big wings who could pass, dribble, shoot, defend. He was defending everybody in the ACC from Paulo Boncaro to Caleb Love to Isaiah Wong he could switch out it's the versatility it's the name of the game do I think he's going to be an all-star caliber player no I don't think he has the same potential as a guy like Franz because even though he's 6'8 big bodied he doesn't have that same giant size but he's 20 years old everybody thought he was 22 so he's a young junior and I just think the versatility of his game really fits the way that the NBA teams want to play 0.5 quick decisions and I've really been loving his film he's a guy that you need to dive into more if you haven't yet Adam Silver has approached the podium and we are on the clock with the Orlando Magic let's for a second say that Chet Holmgren went number one to the Houston Rockets who is up next for you for the Orlando Magic 
Orlando Magic. I mean, we're getting pumped, Magic fans. This is the year you get a number one scoring option, and that pick is going to be Paulo Bencaro of Duke. Now, we need a bucket getter at Orlando. I want Magic fans to be hyped. We have a stable of guards. I want just the Magic fans to be doing another backflip this year. We got Jalen Suggs. We got Franz Wagner last year. It's Paulo time, baby. We're going to get an <laughs> offensive, versatile, firepower weapon in the low post. Paulo has the ability to stretch the floor. Jalen Suggs pick and rolls with Paulo would be erotic. It would be just oh. making Disney World go crazy down there. I mean, Paulo <laughs> be wearing the Mickey Mouse ears. It'd be beautiful. So I think Ben Carroll will be the option. You could run him at the top of the key with his playmaking. You could do a lot of special things with all the length they have getting a potential go-to number one option. Paulo would be a slam dunk pick for the Magic fans. Now I'm not I think we both agree we're not out on Jalen Suggs. We like a lot of the pieces. We still love Mark Fultz. So I'm sticking in the front court as well. And in last week's episode, I argued that Paolo Boncaro should be the number one pick for the Houston Rockets. But I'm going to audible here. All right? I'm not going with Paolo here because they already got Apollo's height player in Franz Wagner. All right. They got Wendell Carter Jr. Who knows what's going on with Jonathan Isaac? He might host a, a Fox News late night show. No, playing ball. I don't know. Out of this, Corey. <laughs> I'm just saying he's got a book coming out. Easy plug. I'm going with Jabari Smith Jr. You know why this team needs shooters? Do you know who led their team in three-point percentage last year? Who was it, Corey? It was Gary Harris by 0.2 percentage points over Mo freaking Bamba. All right, we need a sniper. 40% over 6'10", fits the defensive identity, keeps the the front court um, balanced a little bit more, and I just love the fit there. Smart, high IQ, doesn't need the ball to thrive. A lot of ball handlers in Orlando need that rock. So I think that he is the ideal fit. If you're going to argue for Jabari at the top of the draft, I think the Magic are the team to do it for. We got a special segment to to end the show i had the opportunity to go watch kevin mcculler work out i got to sit down chop it up with him you know we talked hoops uh, a little bit and about his game what he's doing in the pre-draft process you can find that at no ceilings where i wrote about him and jake laravia last week but for this segment we went on the clock and kevin mcculler hit some f- random rapid fire questions it was a lot of fun so Let's check the video. This is On The Clock. I'm here with Kevin McCuller, Texas Tech wing, and we are about to go rapid fire. First question, who's winning the NBA title? I got the Bucks again. I'm a Bulls fan, so I, <laughs> we might have to end this interview early. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's just a hot dog. Nah, that's not a sandwich for sure. Batman or Iron Man? Uh, I'm going to go Batman. Batman cool. He don't need all the, the, the techn- technical difficulties and stuff. Batman cool. Last TV show you binged? The Ultimatum on Netflix. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, who are you bumping in your headphones right now? Oh, definitely Young Boy. Oh, that's That's going to do it for On the Clock Episode 2. Rucker, there's nowhere to go but up for us. Some would say... There's no ceilings. So please make sure that you like and subscribe. The button is somewhere down down here somewhere. Like, subscribe, comment, keep it civil, and stay locked in for more premium NBA draft content on No Ceilings TV.